It's a new month, it's a new podcast series, and so welcome to the Find, Carry, Bring podcast. Let me tell you what this is all about. We're uh, in the midst of a series um, called Hope Platforms, and it's really the heart of our church. We exist to help people find, carry, and bring the hope of Jesus. And so we want to see that happen everywhere. And it's not just good for me to tell you why the Bible tells us this, why it's grounded in God's word. It's also good to see it played out in people's lives, um, played out in the marketplace, played out in schools, um, played out in businesses, wherever it might find uh, its root. And so I think it's so important to hear people's stories. And so we're going to do a very different type of podcast. <laughs> and so I am joined by a group of amazing people for this very first episode. And uh, I want to quickly introduce them and then we'll get into some cool conversations. So we're going to go around um, and I'm going to let them uh, give you a one sentence intro into who they are um, very quickly and what they do. Um, Jace, over to you first. Um, I'm Jason and I <laughs> am a financial planner. Yeah, one sentence, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So I'm Caitlin. I'm going to be a bit longer. <laughs> I'm a specialist wellness counselor registered with ASHIP. I won't go into the whole abbreviation of that because long. And a certified intuitive eating counselor, mm. which is also a little bit different. A certified what? Intuitive eating. Intuitive eating. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she could do a whole podcast series on that too. So I think I might worry. need like, that. We'll yeah, we might. <laughs> <laughs> and then we move on to our final, Tim. I'm Tim, um, and I, I have been serving the Lord since I was 16. So I've been serving the Lord since for 40 some years um, but um, it's longer than us the, the longer the longer it goes the stronger it becomes uh, i i have my own business i'm i'm, I'm in, in involved with sam jason in the in the financial planning and and, and um, insurance business and i've run that business for 30 something years um, and it's a it's a joy to be able to serve the lord within those environments and we'll talk about that just now yeah cool. definitely um so Jason, Kate, you guys are literally sharing within this series, um, preaching series we're doing in the morning in our AM gatherings called uh, Hope Platforms. And it's really this take on that every platform God gives us is a space where we can help people find hope, where we can actually bring hope and carry the hope that we have already in us into that space. And I think some people sometimes get caught up in a, in a bit of a weird process or a weird run of thought where they believe, hey, this might only be... Um, a, a holy thing, a hope bringing thing, if it's within the confines of church or if it's under the minds of it's only in this area. And I think we're very exclusive with our view. Mm. Um, it's something I've had conversations about. But if you guys had to talk about how you view it in your life, um, how, how do you see it playing out in different spheres of your life, seeing those as platforms where you get to bring hope? I'll go to Jason first, just because he, he, he should be the one to start. Um, sure, <laughs> just throw me in the deep end. Um, I think, you know, like for, for me, financial planning is, um, well, financial literacy is a problem in South Africa. Um, and I've just seen that, you know, just dealing with some clients and stuff. Um, just knowing that, like, debt is an issue, savings is an issue, you know, people don't save, people have too much debt. And um, I like to help people get out of that, you know, or, or change mindsets around how they manage their finances through or maybe not manage it, but more steward their finances, uh, like biblically, you know? So I often have like conversations about tithing <laughs> with my clients, which is uh, sometimes difficult if they're not Christian, firstly. Mm. But um, yeah, so I think it's, uh, I love to educate people around their finances, um, but keeping in mind like kingdom purposes, you know, in the back of my head the whole time. So that's kind of how I do it on a daily basis. Um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, Kate, if I had to ask you then, your hope platform, how would you define it? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I think it's a little bit easier in the sense that counseling is a bit more um, connected to sort of inspiring hope in people because you're walking through life's, you know, interesting life's journeys with people. Um, but I, if I had to go to the eating side or something like that, um, I feel like God's really placed it on my heart to help people find freedom from food and body insecurity. Mm. And that's how I came across intuitive eating. And for me, that's a ministry or a hope platform in the sense that so many people, especially women, are confined by the strongholds of weight stigma and a bunch of things like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's really my passion in the sense of helping people live in the freedom that God has from them instead of being held back by the insecurities they have around food and their body. Mm. I wish I met her earlier. <laughs> like, that's the way to do it. Yeah, Jeez, I would have changed my eating habits long ago. <laughs> um, we'll chat later. Yeah. Tim, I, I won't pull uh, pull out this, but you definitely are the most mature around the table, and so you've probably run this journey for a bit longer. <laughs> but I also know from your history and the things you've d been involved in, whether it was in church, in children's ministry, or in the financial world, or in insurance, and whatever. There's been so many different platforms. How have you seen it, kind of? played out differently and how the journey kind of God's taken you on in all the different spheres that you're kind of involved in or, or, or work with him. I, I, lo I love the concept of a hope platform for two reasons. Mm. One, a platform for me is something on which something is built. Mm. So that's, if you want to try and define a platform, then a platform for me would be something that is stable and on which something is built. Mm. So then we've add the hope to the word platform. How do we build hope on a platform? I'm very privileged and I'm very honored as Jason in his business in as much that we in our industry are, are able to provide hope to clients. Now, why do mm -hmm. clients go and buy insurance for their business in their airplane, their motor car, their house, etc.? They hope that they never have a fire, mm -hmm. but when they do, you're able to go and say to them, well, we bought the cover for you, here you are. And you're able to realize the hope and the platform on which you've built that hope with your client. And then, of course, you're the bee's knees, and mm. you, are, you are God's gift to that client. And I mean that literally, mm. meaning that we'll say, well, you know, this is what we do. We do this because we're, not, we're being prudent about how we work. We're not ripping you off. We're not taking your money for no reason. And when there is a claim, you're able to substantiate the foundation and what you've built on that foundation. So we're able to realize um, the hope on the foundation that we've built. So it's a, quite a privileged position mm. we in our industry yeah. are able to achieve. And it's a peace of mind thing as well. Like, Indeed. You know, it just gives people peace of mind. Yeah. Um, if I had to, because I, I think this is the thing, if people have this view where perhaps, hey, the job they ha they're in, that's, that's, that's not a hope, pl hope platform for them, kind of giving our language mm. to it. Um, how do you think people could change their views? How do you think people could change their mindsets around when it comes to their Monday to Friday, when it comes to the thing that maybe puts bread on the table, um, but really starting to pick out the things? Because each of you kind of had mentioned, hey, this is a, an area, whether it's, it's financial literacy, helping people put a, or it's building hope into a, a space where it's like, this is actually a platform where we can build sure things into it, or it's in the counseling space of like, mm. actually, this is a, it's a, it comes to a self-value thing, how you're seeing yourself. Um, how do you think people can start to pick out those little 
those little moments where it's like actually this is far beyond me just being an accountant or me just being in, a, in business or me just being a teacher how do we start to see change our mindset towards seeing that as a hope platform what are some of the tips we can give people mm. for me it's all about your life experience more than your qualification or your vocation mm. so i've always seen throughout my life that god has qualified me through what he has taken me through mm. um, on my journey in terms of i personally struggled with mental health i personally had an eating disorder and it's that that's driven me into the space that i'm in and it just so happens to be that it, right now it's my full-time space but even someone, if they are in an industry where they feel like this isn't really their whole platform or something, if they just look around and see who they're working with, they might find that what they've been through similar struggles to those people. Mm. And so it might be the coffee chats they have or the water breaks or these days it's mostly online. So that's a little bit different. But we are always given opportunities every day with the people we connect with, no matter where we are where we can draw on those life experiences to speak into other people's lives. Because um, that, I mean, that's just been the theme throughout my journey, so, yeah. Uh, huge. Yeah, I think it's just, uh, you can't be too, um, uh, like, nearsighted. You know, is that the one, if it's close? Mm. <laughs> like, that's it's got to be. That's the one. <laughs> you, gotta, you kind of, um, for me, I'm getting it's, exceptionally it's nearsighted because <laughs> my distance is going nuts. Well, yeah, that's it. It's um, an age thing. Duncan, yeah, 100%. I turned, <laughs> Maturity I, I turned 30 and everything changed. Yeah. No, so I think it's like uh, not seeing people for just uh, who they are in that space like right now. You know, it's, I think, having a love for people and also seeing eternity in mind. You know, like, I think we... we need to care about people around us in our spaces and um, even in like a business sense you know like your colleagues or your networks or whatever relationships that you're building I think it's it's very important to actually care about mm. those people you know and I think once you start caring about people and truly loving um, loving people I think you start um, naturally bringing hope to your space you know because I think people see see that you know it's a genuineness of uh, you know caring and stuff like that so yeah that's just my opinion yeah mm. yeah i think that's absolutely true mm. in as much that we 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 are all disciples of christ um mm. and that doesn't mean that we are sunday christians and we are sunday disciples but come monday then all hell breaks loose <clears throat> in our environment mm. and in our office in um <coughs> and you have to excuse the children analogy but um children will do exactly as you do and very seldom as you know as a parent um, as you know, mm -hmm. uh, will, will they do as you say? They'll do what what they see. So if they see you acting in a specific manner, um, they say, well, they'll say, well, you know, dad's doing that, mom's doing that, therefore it must be cool, and mm -hmm. I, must con I'm a, I must do that. In the business environment, exactly the same principle applies. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying by that is that you go and see a client, you, you'll go and survey his risk, you'll go and do, and you'll present to him something which you believe is correct for his particular business. And in your action to him, and in your platform that you're giving him, you're showing him who you are. Mm. Now, you won't be preaching to him, mm. but he's seeing the difference in you um, that he doesn't see out there in the world. Mm. And he'll notice that. Um, and very often, that will bring a platform where, which will enable you to start saying, well, I am different. I am different to that person, or I am different to that person, which opens mm. the door. Mm. In any kind of evangelism, in Jewish evangelism specifically, that's what opens the door. Why, <clears throat> why can you do this 
how do you do this and what is what is the hope that this will bring me and of course who's our hope our hope is jesus mm. and if you can demonstrate jesus in your life and the way you act not the way you speak but the way you act mm. that's what what brings the hope to the people yeah. yeah and it's like jesus is relatable you know like he, there's like different facets to him and i think um we put him in a box sometimes specifically yeah. like if you're talking hope in like an ngo for instance we know ngos bring hope to the communities that they're in but like in business maybe it's just touching a different facet of jesus you know and bringing him to the marketplace or to the counseling room or whatever the case is yeah. so i think when we have hope in mind we must be thinking jesus you know bringing jesus the whole time mm. i think there's also spaces where um and there's probably two sides and it probably is a bit easier for um, you guys to experience it not being on a church staff um, specifically but when you encounter a very hopeless situation or even someone who has a completely different value system that they're not on they aren't working within the value system that we would have that Jesus is our hope and this is actually the hope we're bringing when you walk into those types of situations what do you think are some of the traps we can fall into um, where it's not going to work out too well but on the other side um so there's there's the side of it not the hopelessness not getting into us a mm -hmm. but then at the same time what does it look like to really bring hope into that situation when you're dealing with someone who maybe has a different value system mm -hmm. or a very just hopeless situation i know so many people having um who are going to work environments or um, vocational environments they're sitting on microsoft team calls and it's a hopeless place and they're sitting there going, it's just so difficult. So how, like, how, do, how do we avoid the traps, but how do we also bring hope in those hopeless moments? Let, let me respond by saying that in, in very recently, this last two months, I've had to step in the gap and um, conduct two particular funerals, mm -hmm. both where children um, had, had passed away. Yeah. The one came from a family where they didn't, know, they didn't, know, they didn't have any hope. They didn't know the saving grace of Jesus. They didn't know who he was. They didn't. Mm -hmm. In fact, they had, they had pushed him out of their lives quite significantly. And as you mentioned there just now, it's hopeless. Mm -hmm. um, they, are, they are manically depressed. Um, it's changed their entire life uh, as any death would. Uh, but there is no hope for them whatsoever, as opposed to the other family mm -hmm. um, who are mm -hmm. absolutely God-fearing and serving the Lord. And it was a massive celebration. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know that this is what's happened then that they have the hope they know where it is so to counsel those people the death of a, of a child specifically is very very harsh mm. and very difficult and you've got to learn to live with it but that family has hope mm. that family has the hope of Jesus and, and, and Jesus is able to comfort that family in real terms mm. so they are happy and they are healthy and well the other family is in terrible dire straits mm. so how do we show that family that hope and you can only do that by saying, let me just show you these pictures mm. of what Jesus did, how he acted, what he said, and what you should be looking for. Mm. And slowly I've noticed in the last month how that little message of hope is starting to bear a little bit of fruit in this particular person's life. And the way you just counsel them and you be, you be their friend mm. and just mm. show them that grace, show mm. them that compassion, which they don't have. So mm. that's how you would be able to show people that hope and identify the hope so that one day those scales will be lifted and they'll see the hope as it really is. Mm. I think it's consistently being different to what you see in the world currently. Correct. Absolutely. You know? Like I think currently we're seeing, um, I mean, like you mentioned it, like a toxic work environment, for instance. Mm -hmm. You know, you're sitting on teams and you don't know, 
like you can see that things are just depressing <laughs> or depressive or whatever the word is and like i just feel you've got to be like well i do not sound too christianese um it's like you've got to be the shining light in that space you know so how you do that is being different to what you're kind of seeing you know on teams you know mm-hmm. guys are maybe just really upset being on the meeting you know you can't be like that you know i think it's about being that like consistently trying to find hope for yourself and then feeding that out into the, your space mm-hmm. yeah for me it's about relationship which we were talking about earlier but it's really about drawing on the power of listening yeah. to people often in a hopeless situation we try to solve people's problems mm. um and that's when we don't know when we're literally sitting going i don't know what i'm doing exactly and shame i mean my husband matt's had that with me please <laughs> he's a problem solver he's a project manager and when i come to him with stuff where i just want him to be able to listen he tries to jump into problem solving mode and we've we had this all conversation do. all <laughs> all guys do <laughs> and sometimes when the girl cries well. then we're done yeah exactly yeah. we need to solve this you know and what we really need in that moment or what people need in hopeless situations need is they need someone to look them in the eye and show empathy mm. and say this sucks <laughs> with them yeah. um at the same time pointing them towards hope but in those really difficult situations where say someone's just lost a child or something like that it's about the listening and support and what can i do for you here and now it's the listen more speak less mm. situation which is what we trained to do in counseling is don't step in and try to like you know necessarily solve every single problem but even things like getting their basic needs met mm. in certain situations so if it has been a trauma or something like that where things are completely hopeless how can you show them care and support in a way that you are stepping beyond what the average person would do because our society is so busy and people can so quickly look at you and be like i'm so sorry you're going through that and then drop mm. but if you are consistent in reaching out to that person and building that relationship and listening and taking them a meal if that's what it is that is where they see the difference in you mm-hmm. yeah I think all of you mentioned in some way shape or form that word consistency like it came out mm. as quite a quite a different thing because it can be so difficult to bring hope consistently mm. because sometimes it of the course. problems with us and it's we we, we struggle and it's, we're going through a rough I patch. I mean we also busy and like yeah, sometimes you've depressed kind of you know patch yeah. yourself in there yeah. as well. Yeah. But I think that consistency really does it shows it shows something of the character of god like we're talking about mm. um and i think i love what you said kate like mm. i think we put so much pressure on ourselves because we feel like we have to be the answer we feel like we have to um we have to be the savior in the moment the mm. problem solver whatever it might be when actually all we can do is what god called us to do yeah, yeah. and that's cool we're going to care we're going to give you what we have what is in our hand but we're also going to point you back to the one who did it for us mm. um that I think is so important. I want to talk about because there might be someone listening who's sitting there going, "Cool. I have got the idea that God's given me a platform. Maybe that's the job I'm in sitting in right now. Maybe that's something else because I know all of us have the story of like the platform had to almost get developed. God took us on a journey to kind of pick out and discover where it is. Um Jace, you were a teacher for a, for a minute. um before for my sins <laughs> <laughs> before you jumped into um into what you're doing now mm. um Kate you've gone on a long journey uh in discovering what that platform could be mm. what are some of the things along the way in your journey as you've discovered the platform and where God's kind of equipped you in it but also opened up 
opportunities for it. What should people be looking at or knowing um, on the front end of that journey saying, hey, I, I, I want it, I'm desiring it, but how on earth do I discover it? Um, I'll ask Tim first because uh, he should be the one. Um, I, think, I, I think the answer is not too difficult there. There are two things, three things that we have to um, bear in mind all the time. The first is scripture mm. and the, the promises of God. Now, we all know them because we've been serving the Lord for a long time and we know these verses off by heart and we get preached them every week and we listen to them all the time, but very, very often times, we don't have those in our hearts. We have them in our head, but we don't actually put those verses and those promises into absolute realization. God is there and he provides us extensive, unimaginable hope. But do we, are we able to absorb that? Are we able to hold that in, in real terms? We know them intellectually, but do we actually bring them into our heart? Bearing in mind, what does hope mean? So hope, of course, means, as you quite rightly said, Kate, mm -hmm. where you're helping people, hope means helping others, helping other people emotionally. Mm -hmm. That's what hope means. <laughs> so um, I've never heard that one. That's, <laughs> that's what we do. And that's exactly what you said, where you've got mm -hmm. to help these people emotionally. And we do that on the strength of Scripture. So we're able to absorb the reality, the realness is scripture a book written 2,000 years ago and it was for them and it's just a theory, book of theory? No, it's absolute practical living. God says this mm. and I'm going to believe this. So there's a faith element in terms of our hope, but we can absorb it in order to help other people emotionally. Mm. 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 So, so good. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think it's, uh, like it's sometimes difficult, you know, to find, um, to find your platform um, and I think everybody's got a gift, you know. I think everybody's got something that they that God's given them, like, and and maybe trying to find that first, mm. you know, is is helpful because if you can follow in that, and be obedient in what God's saying about that, I think then you will naturally bring hope and bring Jesus to your situation and space. So I think, like for me, um, I mean, uh, teaching was a good example for me, you know, like. I didn't want to be a teacher. I was called to be a teacher. <laughs> I'm literally called. <laughs> but I won't go into that now. Um, but just uh, being a teacher, those two years that I did teach, um, it taught me how to sell. You know, it, it taught me how to speak to people, how to educate people, how to um, get my point across in a, in a, I don't, well, now I'm not getting my point across, but like in a better way, you know. And I think uh, teaching kids is also a, a very, it's very different to teaching adults about their finances, but um, you can take a lot of principles from that, you know. So for me, like finding my gift in terms of um, educating and, 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 and teaching people, I think in my job, it's just helped and I've honed those skills, just being obedient to God's call on my life to teach and then moving into the financial planning space. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, a, it's also gifting, you know, if you've, got, if you've got a gift or you're not sure about your gift, ask God for that first and then it'll come naturally. Mm -hmm. Kate, what's it look like for you? Um, well, something that stands out to me is, if I had to sort of put it in one line, it's stop seeking the platform and start seeking God. Mm. <laughs> Seek first the kingdom, I guess, because for me, I always believed that my platform would be as a psychologist. That door closed. And when it closed, I had a massive identity crisis. Mm. And I cried out to God. I was like, I don't have a plan B. What do you... Mm. You know, I hadn't studied anything else. I didn't feel equipped for anything else. And since then, it's been quite a long journey from 
being in church ministry to working for an NGO to now starting my own um, counseling practice with a completely different body I didn't even know existed. I didn't know counseling was even an option when I studied psychology. But if I look back, I realized that God had to humble me, first mm. of all, and I had to surrender to his will. And the closing of that door into psychology was also a matter of protection. And it wasn't the platform he wanted me on. And maybe mm. it will be one day in the future, who knows? But I learned that I really had to surrender and not seek the platform, but the person who was leading me towards wherever he wanted me to be. Um, and that's still a daily thing because I don't know where God wants me in the future. And I've got all these visions and stuff, but it might look radically different. Mm. And so that seek first the kingdom of God thing stands out to me all the time yeah. in terms of helping people discover, surrender your idea of what the platform might look like, mm. but submit to God and he will show you the way. Mm. We talk about it in, um, if anyone's done the landing process, uh, we talk about it in the purpose step. You know, God will always start with your heart first. Like that's mm. how you discover the burden. Like if you have no idea what it is, he'll go there first. Um, but I love what you said about gifting um, mm. because there will be things where he's wired us. Yeah. Um, that's it. He kind of knows what he's doing. Um, I think we fight it sometimes. Mm. We'll fight that journey because we'll have the picture on our head like you mentioned. Mm. Um, and yet, so I don't know many people that the picture they had on the front end is the picture that came out on the back end. Yeah. Um, it's a special skill to have. I think it's a special gifting if it's someone who has literally seen it and gone, cool, that's it, and they had discerned already on the front end. Normally, it has to go through some sort of discerning and developing and a bit of pruning and refining process. very different to what, it, to what it is. <laughs> I want to have our last little chat just around, um, around one thing um, in terms of find, carry, bring. Um, and specifically, it's, it, it would be, what would your words be to someone? And you, you guys can pull off some of the stuff that you um, are, are speaking on from Sunday. Um, I, think I think people sometimes get so stuck in neutral in this journey mm. of wanting to discover a platform, of wanting to bring hope. But they're just stuck in neutral because they, and honestly, if they get to step one, they'll be fine. Mm. Um, something that's something that put courage in you to go. What could put courage in others to actually bring hope, to carry the hope that they have and actually help it? And so, just a moment to encourage people in that space. If you've got something that you think helped you but could help others, yeah, that's a good question. I'm not going yeah. first. <laughs> I need to think about that one. I would just say, look at what you have in your hands now. Mm. God has equipped you for today. Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about what the past looks like. Mm. But what has he put in your hands today? And what has he burdened you for? That word mm. that Glenn always uses. Mm. <laughs> you know, what is burning on your heart? And where has he positioned you today to help people? And the other thing I would just say is that you might not just have one hope platform. It might face all sorts of directions. Mm. So today, your hope platform might be your home. It could be loving your children mm. and honoring your spouse, or it could be a community you move in, not necessarily your workplace, but it could be all of the above as well. So if you're a stay-at-home mom or something like that and you feel like you might be lacking in purpose because you don't have some fancy career, 
your hope platform is your family mm. and that extends and that extends and you don't know who you might be developing in your family mm. so that's been a big realization for me as well as i've had to juggle being a mom and working and all of that is that my career isn't my only hope platform my other hope platforms are family friends and sometimes those take priority priority mm. over the career so it will shift it will change but what has god given you today and what capacity do you have today to bring hope to others? Mm. Yeah, I think, you, I think you need to like start small. Mm. You know, you don't need to think that you need to be preaching on a Sunday to bring hope or you need to uh, share the gospel immediately to all your colleagues. You know, I don't think, I don't think I've even done early that. Early morning Bible study. <laughs> yeah, like early morning happen. Bible study. But <laughs> what we did do, like just an example in, in my business is that um, on our Tuesday morning meeting, we started just praying. That's it. Like 30 seconds, someone says a prayer, and then we start our meeting. And it's not like a whole Christian meeting. It's just we started off on maybe the right foot, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think it's about um, like consistent small things that you could possibly change in your life now to bring hope. to. And I would look at myself first, you know, like maybe there's something that I need to deal with or, or grow in and develop before I can um, maybe take that step. But being aware and self-aware of that and going to scripture, like Tim was saying, like mm -hmm. scripture first, you know, um, speak to God, ask him first. And I think everything will start to, and you said it too, mm -hmm. like seek seek the kingdom first. Um, but I think practically um, getting into the word is, has helped me a lot, you know, um, even if it's just starting in Genesis 1, you know, it's just, just read. Where are you now? <laughs> I, I mean, uh, this year I'm in Samuel. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I've never read the Bible back to f back to back, you know, or front to back or whatever. And I'm trying to do that, and it's like changed my life in the last four or five months, you know. So I think starting small and consistent, like we said earlier, mm. is probably the key. Um. Mm. So I have significant. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, advantages of all of you, <clears throat> in as much that I have. I have experience <laughs> and I have these years behind me, yeah. which you are still building. Mm. Um, and that's a privilege because I have these things. Jason will tell you that when we talk to somebody about their new risks, whatever, one of the things we have to learn about is their previous claims experience. Mm. You know, what's it like? So in my case, what's my claims experience? What's my hope experience mm. in the last uh, 40 something years, 50 years? Mm. That's terrible. 50 years. Mm. Anyway, um, and that has built um, an, an extraordinary foundation for me um, on which I know what hope is. Mm. Um, a lot of people will still have to discover what that hope is. But I have those years behind me and I, I, I've known what it is. Uh, Duncan, probably even before your time, we used, to, we used to sing a song saying, my hope is in you, Lord. You didn't even know that song. <laughs> I didn't know that song. Okay, there you are. Um, and, and that's real. Um, who's our hope? Our hope is in our Lord. Mm. Um, and for me, because of my claims experience in the past, um, I'm able to tell people about that experience, what's mm. happened to me, what testimonies I have to share yeah, that good. hope. Mm. So a person that doesn't even know what that hope, or doesn't understand what the reality of that hope is, I'm able to give them my own real life experiences. This is what happened yeah. to me. This is what happened to me with the receiver of revenue. This is what happened to me with this particular staff member. This is what happened. I can, I can mm. relate those hope experiences which happened to me. And of course, if they're personal, then that, it's that it presents that much more credence mm. to the person. So mm. my hope is in the Lord, that's for sure. And I have the experience to demonstrate that. 
Yeah. I think sharing his goodness in small little things um, mm. often like it's awesome to bring conversation to to have the to build relationship even you know sharing a story or whatever you will have a lot more than me definitely <laughs> you know but even the small just sharing God's goodness over a day every day definitely every yeah. Day. yeah definitely yeah I've loved our conversation I want to thank each one of you and what you brought to it I think some of the big takeaways for me um, in what we have said is some we just go start small and start with what we have we start with God first um, get into his word, hear from him, because he's the one who's going to define whatever the platform is, what the journey looks like, what it should be. Mm. Second thing that came out was, hey, we're going to walk this thing out consistently. Because mm. when there's consistency, we start to see things. You know, it's, that, uh, it's, a, it's a saying that's got really famous in the last little while. Um, we always underestimate what we can do in a year. and um, I overestimate what we can do in a year and then underestimate what we can do in 10. Um, I think there's consistency there in terms of sowing hope, bringing hope, carrying hope trusting the process that God's going to take us on. And then that final one is just seeing everything we do as a platform where we can bring hope. We don't yeah. want to mm. box God into, hey, this is it, and this is a holy work, and this isn't, this is a this is a platform, and this one isn't. Hey, there's a season where this is going to be a platform. There's a season where this, and actually all of it is, is a space where we get to bring hope. Mm. So thank you very much for uh, you guys. Thank you for your, uh, your for what you've us. done. You. We've appreciated it. <laughs> I've, I've loved this conversation. We're going to have a couple more um, in the midst of our final carry bring uh, podcast series uh, make sure you share and subscribe make sure you get things going so you don't miss out on anything um, i know there'll be someone that would love this conversation that you know so why don't you share it to them um, we'll continue these conversations this is what we bleed care about what we want to see happen and so have a great one bye for now cheers <laughs>